Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. The SS McSquiggly has crashed after Merle Streep's army of gargoyles destroyed it, and our heroes are looking for help. But will the village they spotted contain friends or foes? Will Manny foil their quest for help? And will Juniper ever take off that friggin' armor? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. So you awake the next day, you actually feel remarkably well-rested, all things considered, but based on the hugely dramatic night you had, it's nice to actually just get a bit of rest, particularly coming straight off the Underdark into all of this. So you awake to the fresh air of the mountain, and uh, despite being a little chilly, you all feel much better rested. People, you know, there's still mourning around the camp, obviously, because of all the people that were lost, but generally speaking, it was a restful, if sad, night. You pack up your gear to set off into the woods towards the town that you saw in the distance. Again, a smallish town, but certainly has people, so that's a boon. So can you guys roll me, please, a survival check and a nature check for your traveling through the woods? 12 for survival and 17 for nature. 20 total for survival and 12 for nature. I'm a dirty 20 for survival and 4 for nature. Nice. You're definitely all more attuned to the business of staying alive. You know, a lot of you have traveled on the road. Juniper, you've had a huge fucking career of this. Uh, But even Quinny and Butthole, for a while, you guys were were on the road a lot. Mm -hmm. It takes you back to a bit of a simpler time. You know, there's no battle wagon. There's no Anon. There's no Yevgenovich. It's just the old gang back on the road, minus Alan, which, of course, is an absence that you guys feel rather acutely. You're able to make your way through the woods based on your nature scores. Quinny, you notice there's a distinct lack of wildlife. But other than that, the woods seem fine. Hmm. Fairly dense woods. There's not a lot of pathways that have been carved through this. So you're kind of beating your own way through. But generally speaking, you're making pretty good time. Is there anything you guys would be discussing on the way through? I guess now that there's been kind of a degree of calm, Butthole, was that Yevgenovich that we saw back there attacking Jim Hellbent? From what I could see, it appears that Yevgenovich is the new you. Because, I mean, he died, which was really sad because I liked him a lot and no one brought us a body, so no help there. And then if he went to hell and he got torn apart by man, let's be honest, you're not the most obedient servant. Well, no, I guess not. Considering you have no powers and have steadfastly refused to do what you're told to do. And well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. You have Genovich with your powers. It's sort of like giving a child a crossbow, but like a crossbow that won't ever stop shooting and they really like murder. Does Yevgenovich like murder? Like I said no. Can Yevgenovich say no? Do you see him with that chain gun? Oh, right. Yevgenovich is known for many things, and self-control does not make top 100. I mean, you know him better than anyone else. I know. We're such good friends. That's why this is so frustrating. Old jail time buddies. Yeah. I Also, here's a thing. We sort of went on a tangent last night, and I'm like walking around, and I'm, I'm constantly looking around to try to see how the sun is going off trees to figure out when I'm supposed to summon my hammer, because I did say in the notice specific time that I can't quite remember what it is, but I'm going to leave it in my hand. It's Jeremy. <laughs> But I'm like, we said that we had to kill Merle Streep for killing these people. However, we are all murderers. You murdered a lot of people, Quinny. Yep. And Juniper, you didn't want to, but you've killed some mm-hmm. people. You're probably the most innocent, so this applies the least to you. I've also killed people. Snarf, 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 snarf. Yeah, Goblin Jr. did. Like, it's a problem. 
So I don't know if we can decide that Merle Streep is the one we have to kill because we don't know if someone made her do this. We don't know her motivations. We have to find out why people do things because we've killed people, but for good reasons. Maybe somebody said, you got to give me the vault out of that plane. Otherwise, I'll blow up a city. And that could be true. I mean, I doubt it, but it's possible. And we've had way weirder things. Remember that psychic whale? <laughs> what are the odds <laughs> on that? People are going to be like, why did you murder all those sailors? Or like, it was a psychic whale. Yeah. And then somebody would want to kill us if they didn't look into it. I do get the sense that the vault could have been taken without killing so many people. Maybe that's the fake Leanne, though. Mm. We don't know if that was the orders. Maybe there's a smarter plan. Merle isn't known for being sloppy and like murder everybody. Also, it'd be a great way to start a war between us and Merle. See, there's this thing I did where I sent out a letter announcing us as a house. And that sort of really complicates how we deal with things politically. Because people who want to fuck with us don't want to openly fuck with us. Well, See, great. you deal with like shadow wars. Oh, God. Which would be like, oh, I want to mess with them, so I'm going to send this person to go murder a bunch of people on their ship, but then I'm going to have them say they work for Merle Streep. Okay, this is a level of subterfuge that I... I know we're not don't used to, like dealing with. Usually we just like defend a town and I like those too because yeah. it's like, okay, they're coming here to kill the town. Stab, stab, hammer, hammer, snarf, snarf. They dealt with. I don't know what to do here. Well, Merle Streep is the lead, so we follow the lead. And we got to let the guild know. That's still ethical. Definitely. Because you're a member. Yeah. Do you have like a complaints department? Like who do you call? Because I mean, I'm sure you guys have a strong sexual harassment policy because I've seen very progressive things at your events outside of the blood sport. I don't know what the normal channels are. I know that we know Bryn and we know Riker and we know Alan and that is who we're going to talk to. Okay, those are all good. I also think we should probably schedule you a meeting with your union steward so that you can sit down and find out who you're supposed to contact and how in case of on-the-job emergencies. We have so many OSHA things we have to report after that crash. <laughs> Do you guys get benefits in the guild? Yeah. So I what guess. kind of death benefits is there? Because we got a lot of dead people. We got to find their relatives. Like we got to report it. We got to make a list. It's not a relatives thing. It's a gang thing. Okay, well then Bryn's going to get a lot of money. Yeah. I just think we can't just go off and just start hitting people with hammers. Because when all you have is hammers, every problem seems like it needs a hammer. Quote, trademark. I feel like this is a moment of self-discovery for you as well. It is. Okay. I don't like it either. Well, tell me the truth, court jester. What do we need to do? We need to get to that town. We need to find Merle Streep. Honestly, I don't know if we need to find out if it goes any further than her, because I'm happy to just stop it at her. We should probably try to find out if it wasn't her or if she was under duress. It's, she was my first sexual partner. Yeah. Were you too close? Yeah, for a couple minutes. There was a dance in an outfit and everything. I so we pretty remember, much did sex. I remember being there in the elevator when you were doing sex. Yeah, you saw it. I don't think... It was pretty hot, wasn't it? I don't know how much of an impact you made on her life. It's a good question. I don't know either. But yeah. some people say that it stays with you for your whole life because some people mate for life. Right. Sure. Well, I think it's safe to say that someone somewhere is trying to stop us, hinder us. That is true. And we should find that out. Would the collide work with Merle? What, what do you mean? If Merle Streep is at the center of the Great Collide, I am going to shoot myself. Well, no, because I mean, every time we fought somebody, they're always like, I'm the black spider. I'm a psychic whale. Like, who's this Collide dickhead? Because I want to talk to the Collide. Well, That sounds so, like a good nickname. So when I was passed out, I had this image, this vision of Bucky. Many, many different Buckys. Oh, I have those dreams about Quinny. But this right was here, this man. was different. <laughs> this was different. And based on these dreams I've been having, I think we have many, many, many different Buckies. dimensions. Oh, 
colliding. I think that's what's happening. Is Bucky like the cause of it? Is he the center of it? I don't know. Because my patron wants Bucky, seems to value Bucky as well. And demons do think long term. That might be a reason. So we know Manny wants Bucky, so they're involved. Is anybody else we've seen been involved in the Great Collide? Is there a Xanthus? Oh. Xanthus, definitely. Am I involved in the Great Collide? I don't know. Let me see. Can I? How did you see it with other people? What do I got to do? I'm going to try to take buttholes for you. dead last time. Okay. I'm going to like do a dance. And change my appearance into butthole. Yep. You succeed. And I change back. I, I don't think so. Well, what does the scroll say? Pull up my scroll. The scroll has not changed. Nope. Still just sketch of Bucky. Think of it almost now operating a bit more like a tablet. Like if you wave your hand over it, the images will dissipate and re-apparate as various things. Mm. So the three things you're getting are the Great Collide is nigh, prepare. You've got the two sort of smoky circles intersecting. Mm -hmm. Although now you see several other circles intersecting with those circles. You have the sketch of Xanthus that says this one is touched by the Great Collide, and you have the demonic sketch of Bucky saying this one is touched by the Great Collide. Nothing's changed, really. Okay, so we got a bunch of universes coming together. This is going to sound weird, but we might have to backseat Merle and Vengeance if the whole world is going to collide and explode, unless they're combined. And I see your grumpy face, Quinny. You don't need to make a grumpy face of me. It's on the list. Top five. On the list. Top five. I, I don't know that you got to leave some space on these lists to be a little flexible, but like number one is preventing our world from being crushed by several other universes where everyone dies. I guess I can see where you're coming from. Because I mean, do you think any of the other Quinnies are as cool as you or no. are they cooler? Like we want them because they're the coolest. No, no. We left Bucky to look after everyone. Yes. And I'm seeing a demonic version of Bucky. What? What? On the scroll. Oh, sorry. That's another thing that's flashing up on the scroll. Okay. Two things we have to say. Quinny, I'm actually with you on this one. Remember, whatever you tell Quinny, you tell Manny. So if you even think that we're a demon, I mean this in the nicest way, Juniper, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Do you have anything more to say regarding demons and stuff like that and Bucky? Don't say it now. No? Okay. Because I was going to say I'll take a walk. Go take a walk. She can't answer the question. All right. And I go. So he, he's in the distance, far away. What else is going on? I, I think that's it. Okay, boom. We're going to pretend we have a secret because okay. I'm sure Manny's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so if we ever talk about the great secret, that's our bullshit one. So eventually you gather back up together. Was there anything else you wanted to discuss as you make your way? I want to try to take this armor off. Okay. This seemed like a great idea at first, but I am useless against cuts. Yeah, they cut the shit out of you on yeah. that thing. It was like you were naked. What are you talking about? And I go up and like wrap my knuckles on the armor. It's like, seems rock solid. You didn't see a lot of gargoyle fights. This is going to sound weird. Can you like suck your gut in inside there, Juniper? Because I know I have to a lot. <laughs> I have a whole bag in there now. Well, I can turn into Echo for a moment and I should just kind of fall inside the armor. Go ahead and try. All right. And I change my appearance into Echo. The armor resizes to your shape. Oh, that's oh neat. this is new. I mean... This is new. Oh my God, your pants fell off. I'm not looking. Okay, those pants were too big. I'm covered in armor. Oh, that's it looks kind of nice. Okay, so here's the deal. You just got to stab the kid and you'll see what, I'm, oh, That was a joke. Don't do it. It's, Echo's very nice. And okay. also, Echo will kick your fucking ass. I will probably um, kill you. I'm sorry. If you use a knife, like any sort of stabbing or cutting weapon, mm-hmm. there's no armor whatsoever. Like it when goes it's like magic. Like, oh man, it's one of those... Fucking, there's a lesson to be had here, kind of magic items or something. Very rarely do I get to say, I told you so. Just kidding. Say it all the time. Yeah. I told you not to put things on until we figured them out. Take it off. And I point at the kid. I'm like, take it off. I try to 
pry it off of me. No dice. Can't get it off. Fucking shit. Okay. Uh, And then I like open up your backpack and I take out your regular chain mail and I'm like, let's try putting it on top. And we put the chain mail on you. It's incredibly heavy. It's like wearing two suits of armor. I don't think I can walk in this. Well, stop being the child. Hang on a second. (laughs) Let me get in there and see if I can pick the latch on the armor to have it kind of come apart. Okay, that's good. You do that. I'll I'll, I'll focus and Moonhammer will help. Go ahead and roll a sleight of hand check, please. I'm casting guidance, so I add a d4. 23 plus 3. 3, so 26. You flick all the latches. You undo the armor in every way you've ever seen someone do this so you can like sneak a sneaky blade in. But for every time you undo one, the one you just undid refastens. And it just seems like kind of an, an infinite loop of unlocking. Are you guys messing with me? Because I swear that latch was opened already. Yeah, it was. And then it shut itself. This is a problem. It's magic. Do you know who we need right now? Who? Alan. Oh, yeah. I'm very sad. Yeah, I am too. Why would you bring that up? <laughs> because I miss her, okay? I haven't missed her a lot because I thought she was Stupid, but now we're what? all making poor. De- she made a selfish decision, but then I've also made a bunch of those, and so have you. And I'm realizing that's part of being human, so you can't just blame people for their humanity. Yeah. Maybe if you take out her hand or the parts of her hand that Billy fingers absorb. Oh, do we have? I didn't bring him. Did you bring Billy absorbed? No, I know. No, no. But I'm like, I don't have him with me. Is he with you? I do not make a conscious effort to bring Billy fingers here or there or wherever. I don't know where he is. Billy fingers comes up. I was going to say, Mr. back and starts uh, (laughs) tapping on his head. Uh, Not right now. I don't know where he is. (laughs) He just shows up. He goes, oh, Jesus. And I jump. I found him. So you can just hold Alan's fingers. It might make you feel better. Echo, you are terrifying. <laughs> Come on over here, Billy Fingers. And then I'm just holding a ball of fingers in my hand. And I don't feel better, but I'm not letting him know it makes it, me it, feel worse. He, he closes his fingers around you like he's holding your hand. I do feel better. <laughs> I thought I wouldn't. But I look away and it feels like Alan's hand. And then it feels like several other hands. It feels like a lot of people poking me, but I, I'm cool with it. I feel included in a crowd. I've never held hands with one hand before. <laughs> It's unsettling, but also lovely. This episode is sponsored by Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective mind. But now we sell t-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and a ton of amazing products, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It is 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Honestly, we tried to do merchandise for years, either to make things that were high quality, to make things that we could ship easily, to make things shippable in multiple markets. We just could not find that answer until we found Shopify. Once we got set up with them, it has been a breeze. Money transfers, no problem. Payments converted, it makes it so easy. I don't have to do anything manual. None of our team does to be able to provide high, high quality merch. Shopify gave us the control to be able to make our business even more successful. 
it can do that for you because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify, and yours should too. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S, now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's the way you get to hear this. Hello, friends. It is I, Reginald, local hero who's never run away or been afraid even once. I'm here to tell you how you can contribute to the Horde, or our fortress, or whatever. They told me I had to do this, and if I don't, I could die. So let me tell you exactly what you can get. You can get an opportunity to contribute in a way that doesn't require you to risk your life, but keeps me risking mine. I did not approve this script before I read it. Uh, apparently, if you chip in $15 a month, you get the ability to contribute new names to NPCs and characters and locations that can appear in this show. And then some of them might be my friend. Well, that's very good. I need more friends. And some of them might try to kill me, which is just fine. Up to you. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Join today, you can contribute. Plus, there's ad-free feeds, apparently, in some kind of community. Please, just don't send scary things. So together, the three of you make camp for the first night. In the morning, you continue trekking further into the woods. Again, Quinny, you're noticing that there's a, a distinct lack of wildlife. You guys are all seeing also there There seem to be some very beautiful, distinct trees, unlike trees that you've seen previously. They seem to have almost like a sticky black sap on them. You make your way further through the woods, and eventually you come out into what looks like sort of a small farming village tucked away inside the trees. You can see that it's several small farmhouses, almost like a, a lumber camp, that kind of vibe. They've uh, set up some farming. There's a little stone wall around the town. And you see uh, a hand-carved sign that says, Welcome to Ashvale. Okay, just a second before we go any further. And I turn around and I just summon a spiritual hammer like I do every morning to see if anything happens. You receive a note. Ooh. And then I read it and really hope it's not a death notice. Uh, it's clearly penned by Jeremy. And he says, I was too late to help Jim, but I think he may have helped you. And you can see that hastily scrawled in what looks like green demonic blood are some very confusing legal clauses that seem like they might muddy up a contract enough for what you need. Interesting. Oh, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, interesting. And then... I'm imagining it'll take more study for me to understand what the hell's going on, or do I get it? Like, what, what am I getting out of it? Yeah, I'm not going to role-play contract law with fair, you. Fair enough. But, <laughs> but like, uh, using classic butthole thing where I look at it and I just sort of yeah, get you, the gist. You think it's enough that if you were to go consult with someone who knows about these things, it'd be enough to make it work. It's just if you just slapped it on the page, you don't think. Okay, so I need, like, a wizard who's also a lawyer. You need a wizard or a lawyer or someone, because, I mean, ultimately the issue is you can amend the contract any way you want, but if what you do doesn't actually affect if the I, demonic pact, If I riff then it, I'm screwed. Yeah. Then it's literally just, like, you signed random paper and it didn't matter. All right, I'm putting that inside 
my bag of holding. Because if I understand correctly, what you're essentially trying to do is create a short circuit in the demonic pact so that when Manny receives Bucky's signature, he's actually already received the signature of someone else. That's what so it, that person will take the effect, not Bucky. Yeah, that's what Jim yeah. told us is the only way we could do this. So yes. that's our commitment. Okay, so I put that inside my tummy bag and I'm like... <sighs> Fuck, they killed Jim before he could get us anything. It was just Jeremy telling me he's fucking dead. Add it to the list. Fuck, Manny. Let's go to this stupid town. Don't take it out on the town. They're probably wonderful. Thank you for taking the town side. Quinny kicks like a picket fence over. (laughs) Just like one of of the pickets. Someone's Ashvale dream was just destroyed. (laughs) Juniper picks it back up. Uh, Juniper, I'm going to give you one point of inspiration (laughs) for for spreading the light. Quinny's going to say, wait. Do you hear that? What? Exactly. <laughs> Which is like a thing Quinny, I'm sure, has always wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hear anything. I don't hear any birds or nothing. Oh, I haven't heard any birds in... I can't remember how long. Yeah, I haven't heard any small wolves either. Because I rolled a four on my nature check, so I think birds are just smaller wolves. <laughs> oh, you are a dumb man. <laughs> well... This dumb man has a great court jester who's supposed to say the truth, so you're doing your job, and then I just do a little dance. House fart, house fart, loot, flatulence, moonhammer. <laughs> I, I start to walk into the town. I can't be around this. Oh, I gotta follow him because I'm the lord, uh, and I just follow him, <laughs> looking proud. So you enter the town. Again, it seems very much like a, a lumber camp. You can see some small gardens have been planted, that sort of thing. You do notice also, though, a distinct lack of animals here. You can see people working at various places. They're kind of carrying things to and fro. There is sort of a town center that you can see. There seems to be an open wooden hall, similar to what you'd see in like a park, where people gather to eat. There's sort of a communal fire pit. You can see there's sort of large kegs of some kind of ale. And as you kind of enter, you're approached by a human wearing heavy vest, heavy leather vest, and sort of a warm wool shirt underneath. He's got that weird scruffy bald guy thing going on where he's got just some wisps and kind of runs his, mm-hmm. his hand back through those and says, uh, oh, um, hello, stranger. What brings you here? We were, uh, we were kind of hoping to hitch a ride, uh, rent a wagon, something like that. Or if any of you have like a Pornhut membership that we could reverse, we sort of got to like get in touch with some far away people. Pornhut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a portal service that's available where you can watch inside. A, that, that, that sounds very magical. Uh, we, we don't have much of that around here. Got to tell you. Oh, you're not magic people? No, no. We're a humble farming community, you know, um, proud citizens of Asheville. Uh, you're certainly welcome to our hospitality, but afraid we don't have much by way of transport. For, for that, you'd, you'd want to head well, probably about a week's travel south of here. There's a town that might be able to help you out. Well, this looks like a farming village. Yeah, that's correct. So how do you transport your, your oh, goods? Oh, well, if you want to wait around, they'll be sending a convoy, I'm sure, sometime in the next couple of weeks. But uh, we were recently oh, restocked. I don't think we have a couple of weeks. No, listen. So my name is Butthole Farch, and I am the heir apparent to the land of a car. And this is House Farch. This is my court jester, Quinny. And this is the hand of Farch, uh, which is Juniper. She's Greetings. quite lovely. Hello. Now, we're here because we need to get into a fast form of contact with our loyal friends elsewhere because we're a very important house. We don't have our jackets yet, but we're working on it. And this ring is spooky, but I I don't wait. I don't have the ring. Okay, I'm getting a ring. It's going to be great. So we can't really afford to just like walk for another week to somewhere else to hope that they have stuff. We sort of need things. Like, do you not have a single horse in this? Uh, Well, no, we we don't uh, have much use for them. Uh, Normally, we would just send one of our carrier squirrels to go send a message. But we've actually been having some trouble lately. Uh, The wildlife seems to have disappeared. We're not quite sure why. Okay, good. So you're aware. I sort of was burying the lead. You don't know why there are no animals? Because we thought it was weird. 
Uh, no, it's 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 very weird. Uh, again, we lost our means of communication uh, with uh, the town of Handor entirely without uh, without the creatures. But no, they they all fled mysteriously um, a couple days ago. And honestly, if if you could help us recover those, I mean, uh, we'd be very happy to send word. We're feeling a little cut off, so uh, your timing's actually pretty good. Well, this sounds like a real task for a house farch. And I, I look at them like I wanted them to say the same thing and raise a hand like I'm doing. And I raise my hand. And I do not. That's a good court jester. All right, so how do, how can we help you? Where'd your squirrels go? We saw a bunch of them uh, sort of escape to the east. We can show you kind of where, where they went, but uh, you'll have to carry on from there. Wait, hold on. Are we about to do this just to send a squirrel for a message? Well, here's the thing. We have no other way to send messages. The squirrels will be able to travel to Handover a lot faster than us, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Handover will be able to dispatch a, a team to pick you up. And what's the infrastructure like in Handor? You might have noticed over your heads maybe uh, a day and a half ago uh, a large airship uh, yeah, soaring yeah, we, by. We, we, we heard it we didn't see it right okay. you guys unfortunately yes we crash landed gods uh about a day and a half journey from here we would definitely appreciate supplies rations uh like could handor handle that is that yeah they yeah big absolutely. enough to send yeah, aid to a well i mean a crashed airship they're certainly uh big by our standards but uh yeah they'd probably be able to get you back towards civilization that's reason enough then send a messenger squirrel to at least help out the gang well, yeah, if it's big Back enough, the they'll be able to site. contact the guild. They could send another ship out to pick us up. Yeah, good thinking. Sir, what's your name? Uh, my name's uh, Bergerum. All right, Bergerum, let's go on a squirrel hunt. House March! Bergerum leads you to uh, the edge of Ashvale and basically points out where you can see a lot of tracks kind of disappearing, animal tracks off into the east. That's the last we saw them. We've sent uh, scouting parties about as far out of town as we're comfortable with, and we haven't seen anything. So afraid to uh, pass that, you're kind of on your own. Is anything else strange or unusual been happening? No, I mean, uh, aside from, you know, the disturbance of a couple days ago that uh, sounds like you guys, it's, uh, we noticed it's been uh, kind of dry lately. The crops haven't been growing as well as we'd hoped. But we've seen this happen. It's happened before, happened about a decade ago. You know, we just kind of make do with what we've got. Just a second there, Bergeram, and I, I pull us into a huddle, and I'm like, Juniper, do you still have those water balls from when we were... I do. Uh, okay, that might be able to help them with the crops. I, I can also just cast plant growth. That's a pretty oh, good well, idea. All right. That'd probably be better. I need like eight hours to do it, though. That's off the table for now. Maybe we can offer yeah. water balls. Or, or we say we'll do that on the way back once they send the message. Quinny, you've got your mind-reading talisman? I do have the medallion of thought, yes. Okay, strong odds are some sort of spooky monster in the woods. Low odds, but possible. Everyone in this village is evil, and you just told them we have a crash-landed thing in the mountain. I'm thinking we I mean, might I need to tell them where. I don't if they're evil. I'm just saying, you could read Bergeram's mind if we get permission, and you'll know if he's, like, sneaky bad. I did want to kind of size him up, actually, to see if he was hiding anything from us or deceiving us. Roll me a perception check, please. <laughs> we all look over slyly at the same time. 13. 16. I rolled a 6, so I'm like, it's a pretty big wolf. <laughs> Uh, Quinny, you don't get the sense of, of any guile. He seems to be genuine, small town, offering hospitality. There doesn't seem to be anything sinister. This guy doesn't deal with magic in his day-to-day. -day. He might get weirded out by the medallion of thought. It's been an okay interaction so far, and I'm not getting weird vibes off of him. All right, you're the court jester. If this goes bad, you better make a good joke about it. Sure. All right, let's go hunt squirrels. So you begin to make your way east through the woods, and as you do, you can pick up here and there the tracks of some animals. You travel for the better part of the day. It's kind of coming up on evening. Uh, you can choose to camp or you can continue to forge forward. I want to keep going. We're short on time. There's lives on the line. We keep walking. Right. You walk late into the night and can all of you please roll me a nature check? Can of I have survival. I would also allow survival. 20 total for survival. Ooh. 
15 nature for Quinny. 18 survival for Butthole. Okay. Butthole, as you go, you do see Goblin Jr. perk up a bit, and you you feel like you can sort of faintly smell smoke. Guys, I smell smoke and Goblin Jr.'s perking up. Snarf. What do you mean perking up? Snarf. I can't, like, communicate you, with him anymore. Why not? Because the ability to talk to animals came from Manny. I can't see in the dark either. That's why you've been falling so much. Juniper and I have been <laughs> fine because we both assumed you could, and you are just being clumsy because we're both wearing our, like, monocles of yeah. the owl. Yeah. Monocles of Elton John. Yeah, we look great. Um, Goblin Jr., do you know what's going on bad? He does that cute dog sniffing thing and starts leading you further into the woods. Okay, I'm going to follow him. So as you do so, you kind of come down a bit into almost a, a little bit of a small valley, and uh, the trees are getting much, much thicker. Eventually, you kind of have stone on both sides. It almost looks like you're in the foothills of the mountains. The heavy, heavy tree cover, it's very dark, and you come to a massive, massive, ancient old tree laying across the, the pathway. Cut down or fallen? Oh, it looks like it's naturally fallen, but yeah. it, it's pretty massive. It's inconvenient. Yeah, um, no, I, I don't know. I don't think Quinny would think much of that. He'd just amble up and over and carry on. I'm going to just watch him amble up and over with my monocle of the owl. Sure. I've taken the Oath of the Ancients, so I'm kind of in tune with nature stuff. So I just rest a hand on the tree. You feel a deep, overwhelming sadness and fear and desperation flow through you. Oh my goodness. It's not that hard, Juniper. You just go one hand over the other hand, one leg over the other leg. No, I, I feel awful. I feel sad. and Need to take a break? No, it's not me. It's the tree. Guys, is it a trap? It's a tree, butthole. Oh, they sound very similar. I just like walk up. The tree's afraid. Well, I mean, it's fallen over, so it's probably dying, right? That's true. I'm not disagreeing with your feelings. Just can you get us anything more? Do I sense a? Can you roll me a nature check, please, and with advantage because you're reaching out with your nineteen. As you begin to feel around uh, at other things. You're not feeling fear from everything, but definitely all the trees that seem to have that sap are almost screaming in existential horror. It's coming from all around us, all trees like this one. Point out one of them. I want to try something. So, and, yeah, and you I do. do. I mean, they're great. They're I, I walk up to that tree and I cast Lesser Restoration on it, which will cure a disease or condition affecting it, which could be blinded, deaf, and paralyzed, or poisoned. You cast that juniper, you kind of reach out with your nature sense mm -hmm. uh, to see if there's any effect from this. You actually find there's none. If anything, uh, the tree becomes more agitated. Think of it almost as like a fear migraine, if that makes any sense. Like whenever you reach out, it's super oppressive. You can pull back because it's mm -hmm. not like you're plugged into this, but anytime you reach out, that's what you feel. It's terrified. Can Quinny, having taken a catalog of the vault's contents on the airship quite recently, can he think of or try to remember anything on the airship that might have adversely affected trees or natural Wallet. occurring things that might have fallen out as we crash or something like that? Based on what you know from cargo, no. Have I seen this type of tree before? You haven't. Here's what I'm thinking. We're overthinking this. We smelled smoke and these are trees. Trees don't like fire. Trees don't like things that cut down trees. Maybe we should keep following Goblin Jr. Now we just know a little more, so we'll be more careful. Yeah, that sounds good. Quinny is going to be sort of like following his train of thought, you know, as he's thinking mm -hmm. about the cargo and stuff like that, thinking, realizing he didn't know about all the contents of the vault and that maybe we just glazed over that a little too much with Merle stealing the vault from us, thinking it was just kind of to rub our faces in it, to take something from us. 
Would Bryn have shared any information with Quinny as they commiserated over any kind of like special missions that someone kind of went on to retrieve something? Any good valuables that are being kept in the vault? I rolled a 20 for that. So not 20. So good for you, Quinny. Get some info. Oh, thank you. She mentioned that she's got something that Planteers want, some kind of ring that they seemed very eager to possess. There's a few relics from the God of War, bits from both sides. Beyond that, there are some very powerful magic items. There are some very rare and expensive things. There are some very embarrassing documents, uh, that sort of thing. Nothing leaping up being like, aha, that's why she stole the vault. No, no. No. Maybe the ring, maybe the God of War pieces. Can't be sure. Is that why you think the trees are afraid? No, I I don't. Because you've just been standing there sort of staring into the distance for like a solid five minutes. I don't know what you're doing. I thought I was onto something, but... Maybe it's nothing. Where's Goblin Jr. pointing? So Goblin Jr. is making his way up the tree. I'm going to follow Goblin Jr. then. I got to help him over the tree. I don't want him to fall. Dogs are... He was really bad at getting over that tree, so he appreciates the help. He's wearing armor, too. I'm sure it's challenging. It's not easy for either of us, but it's a lot easier for me. (laughs) You all climb over the tree. Quinny, can you roll me an insight check, please? Nat 20. Nat 20. As you're idly picking away at this vault dilemma, I'm going to give you one success towards Meryl's aims. So just track that as sort of an ongoing investigation. But the ring seems significant, and you recall that it was significant during the auction at the Thiefies as well. So we'll keep that as an open case file for you in the same way that collectively the team has a few. We've got the Collide. We've got how to free Quinny from Manny. Yeah, we're all one step along our journey. Where's Alan? Yeah. Yeah. So you manage to get up and over. Uh, Once you do, you can kind of see that this pathway continues further south. And there seems to be some movement and smoke coming out of a small, you can almost see a small open grove. Can someone roll me a perception check, please? Anyone in particular? You want all three of us? or If you're all staring, you can all roll. 11. 15. I think Quinny's really thinking about this vault thing now, just kind of absentmindedly following the group. Cool. Juniper, you're, I think, a little overwhelmed by this energy that's around. Butthole, you see something moving that almost looks to be made of bark. You see it between the trees in this sort of clearing, and then suddenly you see a spark and a burst of flame. There's like a fire thing, and it seems like moving trees. Did you guys ever read Lord of the Rings? No. It's it's a book by a halfling. He's very famous. Uh, it's set in a futuristic realm where everyone lives in tall buildings inside cities. Uh, and it's about a group of little people who have to destroy people's credit cards. It's very complicated, but they're really changing the world. Here's the thing, though. There's a thing in it called the Entmoot, where a bunch of trees, that part is very similar in perhaps other versions (laughs) of Lord of the Rings, but they get together to have a meeting, and they're very nice. What if there's an evil Entmoot going on, and one of those tree people is just burning the other trees? It's what? what, (laughs) It's a book? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, forget that. Too confusing a metaphor. There's something moving in the trees. It looks like trees. There's fire. It looks like the trees themselves are moving. As far as I could tell, it looked like bark. I mean, it could be disguised. It could be a tree monster. I don't know. Do we want to try to all sneak up on it knowing that's not my strength? Or do we want to try to like draw it out? Maybe I'll have a talk and then you guys could like hide in the woods like on either side of me and then jump in because you could be in the dark. Yeah, let's go with number two. Does that work Mm -hmm. for you? Yes. I'm going to take off my monocle of the owl and put it on Quinny because he can't see in the dark anymore and I'm apparently going to be the distraction. So I don't need it. So I'll wait for them to go take position, uh, and then I'm just going to raise Moonlightbringer over my head and just, like, summon the light and be like, Hey, (laughs) what's up? Can I spend some stress? 
Sure. Quick. I think Quinny being cut off from his magic would have outfitted himself sort of like classic Quinny with like short bow and stuff like that. Yep. Would I be able to add that to my inventory? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. I'll give that to you for one stress because that seems just like what you would have... Thanks. Would have naturally done. Uh, and keep in mind, you still got the captain's rapier. I, I do have that down. Great. Thank you. So, Butthole, you yell that, and you see through the trees and down the path, the creature seems to stop and then very rapidly dart further into the clearing. And you hear another snap hiss of fire. I want to run towards it and then drink a potion of friendship when I'm close because I want it to know I'm its friend. Can you roll me an athletics check for running with an open potion? Yes, I can. <laughs> Sloshing it around in the dark. You can't see Nat anymore. 20. Oh, so, nice. Oh, so you're doing that thing where like where servers get really good at adjusting their pace. <laughs> it's actually, it's Goblin Jr. below me. I'm running. He's just bouncing up. And whenever I'm going to lower it to spill, he just lifts it with his head. Like we've done that like bounding thing together. It's great. You're remarkably fast. And despite it being further than your move, you managed to make it. <laughs> So you run up to the clearing. As you do so, you can definitely smell much thicker smoke. Do you break through the clearing as you do this or just like arrive at the edge? I think I break through because I want to be his friend. So I'm like, hey, friend, good to see you. And I just like throw some rations and down the potion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you chug the potion, throw the, the rations. They bounce off a very irritated looking druid. Her skin appears to be, you can't tell whether it's her armor or her skin at this point, but it is wood. And she manages to kind of shoot you a glare as she places her hand against one of the trees and then mutters something under her breath and the tree bursts into flame. Then she turns back to you, kicks your rations back and says, leave this place. But where are the squirrels? <laughs> Can you roll me a persuasion? I yeah, it's, I think that's yeah, right. I've already that, yelled him a friend. Yeah, you're, you're not trying to threaten her. So, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Wow, she's not going to be very persuaded. That is a nine. Her eyes narrow, and she kind of steps away from the tree and sizes you up, and you can tell she's almost dropping into a fighting stance. Whoa, whoa, we don't, I, I don't want to fight at all. They just, there was a village. They sent me to look for squirrels. A village. Are they bad? They shouldn't be there. Ooh, why not? See, I'm here to solve problems. I don't owe you any answers. You that, must leave this place. The fire grows. I hate to just keep harping on the point. I just need to know where the squirrels are. I'll let you roll me another persuasion check, but you're wearing her patience thin. Well, I mean, that's the butthole special right there. <laughs> that's another nine. It's right right on the money. I'm very consistent. See, the thing is I'm repeating the same point, so it shouldn't do better. Yeah. Juniper and Quinny, what are you doing? I have an arrow knocked and drawn back because she seems like she's hostile towards him, and so I am just ready to loose it at the earliest sign of trouble. And Juniper, what are you doing? And I've drawn my sword, and I also have in my hand at the ready the four specks of dust of mm -hmm. uh, dryness that are holding the water from oh, the Underdark. Nice. Just in case I got to put out a fire real quick. As she keeps eye contact with you, she steps to the next tree. You can see they're almost in a ring. And you notice that as she does so, her feet crunch on what looks like old burnt wood chips. So, you know, like in a campfire where you've burnt a lot of wood, there's this kind of those, mm -hmm. those black ashy chips. Charcoal. Yeah, charcoal. So there's a charcoaled wood lining the base of this grove. So she steps back, places her hand against the tree behind her, whispers a word and it bursts into flames. Okay, so what's up with the fires that you keep starting? We're going to let the squirrels go for a second, but, like, what's up with the fires? Do you seek to stop me? I'm not sure yet, to be totally honest. I might seek to help you. I don't understand what you're doing. Can't you hear them? Their pain? I legitimately cannot. I have a friend and who can. I, I just step out and say, I can. Oh, nuts. Raise my hand. So she drops into a fighting stance, throws one arm out, and you can see the bark in her, mm -hmm. along her arm, solidifies into, uh, like, a staff. Mm-hmm. 
What she says, you can hear them. I can. They're in pain. I I know. Are you in pain too? Yes, they called out to me. We must stop this. What's happening to them? The cycle must be complete. They are not meant to live this long. Can you be less cryptic? Can you roll me a nature check? 19. 19. She seems to recognize that you're legitimately interested in this and that this isn't some kind of ploy. So she kind of relaxes her stance and she explains that long ago, this force survived by burning regularly. Mm-hmm. And that the only way that the ash gums, the trees that grow here, can survive uh, and propagate and, and continue their life is to burn down. But since the town was established, they've broken the cycle and have been actively putting out any fires that could affect the trees. So the entire forest has been in agony, oh. desperate to survive. So she's traveled a long way to ensure that the fires will occur. Then she kind of looks to butthole and she says, and I sent the squirrels and the rest of the animals away so they would not suffer the fate of those who choose to remain. Wait, so you just want to burn the whole village down? It's not about the village. It's about the forest. The, the entire forest must burn. I, I understand. You're, you're looking end game. I'm sort of a process guy. Um, you're saying burn the village. Trees are going to be great. It's all going to burn. Thumbs up. The village just needs to allow the fires. Okay, so if we get the village to let stuff burn... And you burn it all, their crops will do better? The whole forest will thrive, and their pain will be ended. Okay. You understand. This makes sense. Okay, mystery lady, do you want to come with us to go talk to the village? We'll do the talking. You can just join us. And then we'll just negotiate with them so they understand what's going on. I think, honestly, they just don't understand. They're not like... They're not magic or nature people. They're just sort of like, I dig a hole in the ground and, I don't know, berries come out. We didn't really talk about their crops. They don't have horses. It seems like very inefficient farming. The the humans see more disease than a cure, but if you want to convince them to allow me to finish my work, I will not stop you. But I must continue my work here. This has gone on long enough. Okay, so we got to go talk to the people then. Does that make sense? Juniper, you speak the trees. I'm just trying to find squirrels. No, no, this this all checks out. Here's the thing where I'm I'm sort of confused. We needed the squirrels to send a message because we got a bunch of people who are in trouble. We can help with this, but we need to send that message and all the squirrels are gone. So how do we get a message out of here without us walking through a burning forest? The wildlife will return once the fires have been calmed. I'll see to it myself. Okay, so we got to promise the squirrels. I'm good with a squirrel of... How long will that take? Two days. Net gain. It's better than a week. All right. Can you feel a burnt tree, Juniper, just to confirm that this is accurate? And I put my hand down kind of amongst the charcoal. Yeah, there's a sense of calm and resignation and cyclical joy. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is a happy thing. (sighs) This whole forest has fireballs. All right. We'll see you guys. (laughs) We'll see you later, Drew. What's your name? Just so we can tell people how cool you are. You may call me Calypta. Maybe one day I'll name a dance after you. Or a leader of the Morlocks. <laughs> I'm more an Elor guy. All right, so off we go. Uh, and then I just like turn around and walk jauntily back into the woods. So I'm like, Quinny, no murder. She's useful. From her perspective, Quinny just like drops down from a tree. <laughs> like, All right. <laughs> Goodbye, small boy. See ya. <laughs> Having successfully negotiated with her, you make your way back to the town By this point, you can see they're organizing their fire brigade. They're getting pretty concerned, and they're ready to launch out into the woods to try and keep the fires down. Whoa, whoa, relax. 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 So we figured out what happened with the squirrels and the wildlife and everything else. And we also figured out why your crops are failing. Can we just talk for a minute? Is Bertram here? Yeah, yeah. I'm right here, but the the woods are ablaze. We must put it out. No, see, Bertram, here's the dealio. It turns out there's like a weird kind of tree here that isn't anywhere else that none of us had heard of either. 
And this tree only like tree fucks when it's on fire. So the reason why all the plants are dying is none of the trees are burning. The moment they burn, everything grows like crazy. So you have to let it burn and then your crops are going to grow. Also, juniper here has like a spell thing that makes plants grow even faster. It's true. Look at this. And then I just squat down on the ground, put my hand on the ground and like a hundred foot radius of ground burst to life with plants. They're very impressed by that. Can you roll me a nature check, please, with advantage? Sure. 14. You can tell that Bertram's pretty ready to lead the fire brigade out, but when he sees that and he sort of sees the case you're making, he seems mostly convinced until he's kind of on the fence, but he might need one more little nudge. Here's the thing, Bertram. We talked to the druid out there. Her name's Calypta, and she said that the squirrels wouldn't be back for two days. So if you guys are willing to let the fires go, which is necessary for the forest... We can stay for two days. Juniper can help with your crops. Mm -hmm. She's the hand of House Farch. I can help with, like, if you've got any medical stuff, we might be able to boost, like, your little medical journal, whatever you got. Yeah, and and do you guys have an inn? The best we ever camps, but wait, wait, uh, most of our homes have been built of the ash gum trees. What will happen to them when the fires come? Well, I'm thinking all the sand and water you got here, we put on your homes, and then we'll help you defend them. So we keep the village from burning, but we let the forest burn. Like, well, we could... could, Maybe cut a couple of trees. I don't know how the druid's going to feel about this, but sometimes you got to do stuff. But we could like deal with some trees close by. Maybe we could do a burn of like a little ring of trees, like a controlled one. We pick like 10 trees and we burn those and then we burn the next one. So we set up a divider between the city and the rest of the forest. You believe that would allow the cycle to continue? That's what we were told by the expert. You can tell there's a lot of like, we don't know nothing about these druids, but uh, at the same time, you've made compelling points. And once the sort of village council talks... Uh, They come back and agree that this does sound like a reasonable solution that'll both allow the force to continue to thrive, but also keep what they've built safe, which is their their prime concern. So over the next few days, as you wait for the return of the squirrels, there are massive fires all around you. But true to her word, Calypta keeps them at safe distance. And the small kind of break wall you've made keeps the town safe. The houses are actually now a lot better insulated. They save on heating costs. Yeah, exactly. Like there's much better insulation. Sure enough, within a couple of days, the wildlife comes back. There's a number of dogs, and you can see kind of some mules and that sort of thing, as well as uh, a number of squirrels. So they pick their fastest message squirrel, uh, whose name is Blort. Uh, they <laughs> tie a, a message to Blort, and uh, they send him off to Handor post-haste. And as Blort disappears into, into the distance, they thank you for your assistance. Uh, you can tell there's been some anxiety around why the crops aren't working, as well as kind of the, the mysterious comings and goings. This is all very beyond the understanding of, of this kind of small village. Uh, and it's not winning a war, and it's not killing a god or a demon, but you guys feel like you've done good here. Yeah. Goblin Jr. probably got laid, so like, what a journey. <laughs> so I'm going to give you all one point of inspiration. Oh, thank Can you. Can you have multiple points of inspiration, or just one? I'll allow it. It's a special point of inspiration for finishing a side quest. With the scroll dispatched, you basically have uh, a day or so to wait for uh, the horses from Handor. In the distance, you can kind of see a figure moving amongst the trees, and you realize that Calypta is, is out there and kind of uh, beckoning to you. Yeah, we'll go oh. check it mm-hmm. out. Yeah, let's go talk. Yep. She thanks you for your assistance, showing almost a sense of humility. It's small, but it's there. It never occurred to her to actually just talk to the village. She was fully prepared to just burn it to the ground because she assumed that no one would be reasonable, but she thanks you for your diplomatic approach. And as a thank you for assisting her in, in ending the pain and horror of the trees, she gives you a necklace with a piece of amber hanging off of it. And it is a summer phase blessing. It's a wondrous item. This amber amulet glows softly with a warm light and smells like a campfire. When you're wearing it, you gain the following benefits. You can use the amulet as a spellcasting focus, 
You have resistance to fire damage, and you don't suffer the effects of extreme heat. Whenever you make a charisma check while interacting with a fae, you have advantage on that check. I think that should make me go to Juniper for kind of putting us onto this whole tree business to begin with. Yeah, plus I have these, and I show off my glowing gloves with a dragon. I'm like, I fire is good by me already. (laughs) Yeah, that's great, too. This is a boon from House Farch to our loyal hand for your excellent service. I will happily accept it, yeah, Lord Farch. I like put it on her and she looks great. And as Klypta leaves, she kind of leans over to Juniper and says, this is a boon from the people of the Fae for helping to protect the forest. We both know that. Don't tell him. She winks at you and disappears into the forest. Oh, I'm so happy. And collectively, after a, a few hard days, you share a, a simple but enjoyable meal with people of Ashvale. And to your delight, the next day, you hear the sounds of hooves approaching. Man, I hope Leanne's got my coats done. It's about goddamn time. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at DelBorovic.com. Our theme songs are, and now for that massive chorus, and skipping through the orchestra pit part one by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more dum-dums and dragons. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears. Of Mice and Men and Monsters is a podcast which combines the art and beauty of classic literature with the fun of Dungeons and Dragons roleplay. These episodes are led by me, Kate, your master teacher, which is dungeon master meets high school English teacher. We take on quests in these fascinating worlds, meeting and adventuring with the greatest literary characters of all time, solving puzzles set up by the dubious Dr. Frankenstein. One eye is over there, and the other eye is rolled over there. Exactly right. Hunting Moby Dick alongside Captain Ahab. (laughs) I've rolled a one. Are you rolling one? Of Mice and Men and Monsters is a faithful yet irreverent way to interact with the stories which have influenced us for centuries. Plus, it's a much more exciting way to experience literature than writing an essay. Essays don't have swords which burst into flame, or poop monsters hiding in toilets. Anybody got some poop for me? A new episode of Of Mice and Men and Monsters is released every other Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. 